I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm and a glass of iced tea and enjoy. Believe it or not, another week has come and gone, and it's time for a new episode from Secrets from the South. Welcome! But I think this week I need to clarify what the title means before we get kicked off. I've got a few friends deep here in the South that may misconstrue what the title means. This week we're going to talk about hoarders, and I don't mean the back parking lot of a truck stop. I mean folks that's got way too much junk to where it's taken up the entire house. It could be about somebody that's kin to you. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode titled, The Hoarder. Terry, when was the last time you were minding your own business, driving down the road, and you glance over in somebody's yard, and they no longer have a carport because they got so much junk they can't pull into the carport anymore? Oh, I think you see that more and more often. In fact, there was a house... And my husband, if he were listening to this, he would start laughing right now because he would know exactly what house. That when we were traveling to and from, going place to place, if we happened to pass this house, and it really wasn't on our pathway all the time, but if we happened to be going down this road, I would say, now slow down, slow down. Because he knew I was fascinated over this house. And not probably for the reasons that you think. It was a simple ranch-style house. Right. But if you looked in that carport because it didn't have a garage so everything was exposed it was exactly like what you said you could not move it was nothing but pure d junk from just from observation and he would go so slow so that i could get a glimpse of looking inside the house and it looked like it was knee deep 10 foot high however you want to say it full of stuff and it kind of makes you wonder how do these people even maneuver in their own house i mean it, it was a sight to see because you know i'm sure you've been in in homes to where there's no place to sit down just because it's gotten a pack rat yeah well i mean and so what we've ended up doing to kind of accommodate so you've got a little bit of this maybe going on at your house no you have to realize that my husband is just the opposite of me you kind of fall into two camps you're either somebody that thinks i might need that later <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Or I paid a lot of money for it, and it's not something that I use often, but when I need it, I want to have it. Or this is taking up space. I don't care the value of it. I don't care if then I'm going to need it again. It's got to go. And that's kind of the camps that myself and my husband are in. I'm in the camp of if that's something we paid a lot of money for and could potentially use it again, I don't want to have to go out and replace it. So I want to be able to store it. I'm with you on that. Okay. He is of the opinion that if we're not going to use it anytime soon, it's got to go. And (laughs) if we have to turn around, which we have on occasion, and go back and spend a lot of money and replace it, well, he's fine with that. Because it didn't take up space. It didn't take up space. It used to be the running joke where I worked. They'd say, "What time? When is uh is Mike going to the dump this weekend?" I mean, I'm not lying. And I'd say, yeah, we're making a run on Saturday. And he'd load up stuff. Literally, we would get into, you know, and I've told you, 
that we've been married, what, 23, 24 years, we've never really had an argument. We just, we just jihaw. But when it came to parting with stuff, he'd get frustrated with me because my opinion would be, he's, what about this? Well, I, we need to keep that. You know, right. every once in a while, he'd win and he'd throw something in the truck. I still accuse him of taking things when I was not at home and hauling them <laughs> off to the dump. And then he'd just play dumb and say, I, I don't know where that is. I don't like buying something and sneaking it in the house. What are you talking about? Well, his, exactly. And his is the opposite. He knew he's not going to win that battle with me. It's not like I'm a, I mean, when I say I'm a pack rat, you kind of get this envision, you kind of envision that there's going to be stuff all over my house. I am just the opposite. I'm OCD. Everything has to have a place. I do not like stacks of stuff. But you have an attic. Put things in your attic. You have a storage unit if you're lucky enough to have a storage unit or a storage building or you just you know you've got space to accommodate those things that's what i'm talking about that everything has a place but he wants if he goes up in the attic and he says golly this thing is getting full it's got to go now funny that you bring that up right across the pasture from where our studios is 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 my best friend that i started first grade with he built a house by me me and him hunt together we do all kinds of things he is exactly what you describe like your husband of he doesn't want junk. And he's been married now, I guess, 10 or 12 years. And I'll never forget the day I was talking to his wife when he had done one of his cleanings and he had thrown away all of her baby pictures of all of her children. Uh-uh. And I guess he didn't know that they were in the back, in the box and he was just chunking. Hauled it to the dump, gone while she was at work. Had no idea. Oh, I bet she was Pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no other way to word that because you cannot replace that. Well, and see, there's been a couple of occasions that I've looked for something and, and, you know, and I know that he gets falsely accused. But if you only realize, I mean, people would laugh seriously saying, oh, is he going to the dump? Because he would throw away great stuff. Right. He just got sick of seeing it in the attic. Now, again, this is not in a living room. This is not in your kitchen. This is not stacked up. So we have now moved on. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we now have a storage building. So what this cost you? Oh, well, I mean, we got a pretty good deal on this, but, you know, you're looking at several thousand. But for our listeners that do not realize this, let's just tell them about your shop. Now, I know it's more of a shop. It's not a storage place. It's a shop. But tell them the square footage of this. It, well, I almost feel embarrassed now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 4,000 square feet. And I can cram cars and pieces of tools that I may only use once every 10 years anywhere I want in there. And you do have several. How many cars do you think you have in there right now? Inside it right now, i got three. And I, I sometimes four. Okay. Sometimes. But you have plenty of room to do this sort of things. But I can honestly say that it's not like if I go into the shop that I would say you use that for storage. But you have it yeah, if but, you needed it. Yeah. You know, like over here, i got this pile. Oh, have you ever noticed when you go in the door? Over here to the right, i got this pile of sacks. And it's like clothes that are no good but i use them for rags when i'm working on something oh, I got yeah grease, yeah we, I yeah, we have that too and i grab one of them and i use it for a grease rag and so it looks kind of junky over there in the corner but i have a purpose for it that's why i said when you go to my house i mean we have a garage and when you pull in my husband has built these removable shelves and everything has a place at one point we had a, a four-wheeler we've got a zero turn lawnmower we have Two cars in there. I mean, after a while, you've got a lot of stuff in there that you do use. And well, you so, have to kind of suck your gut well, in to get out of your well, car. Well, I mean, no, but, I mean, if you wanted to get to the riding lawnmower, you had to back the convertible out so that you could get to the riding lawnmower. It was just, it was kind of a, a pain. Hassle. Yeah, 
yeah. So he said, and he'd been kind of hounding me. He really wants a shop. But we kind of compromised. And you've seen our subdivision. And it sits on about, I don't know, two plus acres. Our lot does. And so we've discreetly got it hidden so that you don't see it, you know, because of the covenants. It's a neat, pretty building. We had it painted. We're going to have it landscaped. It's going to look really good. And so that he can put, we've got several kayaks, put the kayaks out there. We've got the riding lawnmower. But, you know, that got me to thinking that the storage industry, I mean, how many times do you ride by somewhere and you see a storage building? Oh, they're everywhere. And it's big business now. I mean, here's some stats on it. It says the self-storage industry's annual review in 2019 was a whopping Listen to this, $39.5 billion, according to IBS World, with a 3.6% one-year increase and nearly 50% increase since 2010. Self-storage industry is big business. And it says there's an estimated 60,000 storage facilities in the United States alone. 60,000 storage facilities. So you divide that up amongst all of the states in the United States, and that kind of gives you an idea of just how many of them reside in your own state. Yeah. And the largest of the self-storage companies is public storage, which in 2019 generated $2.68 billion in revenue. So that is obviously big business. There's a reason that they have all those storage units everywhere. And I don't know about you, but I enjoy, I've never thought about going and doing it, but I like watching those TV shows where you go bid on uh, the contents of it, and it's like a mystery of what you'll get. Oh, yeah, and some people really get nothing, and then some people get some extreme valuables. And the only way that would work out is you'd have to have you some, like some uh, what do they call those little junk shops or flea market or no. something to resell stuff? But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes they find that they get paid off of what they get out of it. So that's just like me saying about my husband going to the dump on Saturdays. You never know what you're going to get. Kind of (laughs) like the same thing with the storage unit. That's true. So while we have people that are collecting, we buy more stuff. We are consumers that buy more and more stuff. Well, after a period of time, you got to have somewhere to store it. I mean, you run out of space. So it's either you got to go outside or you got to build onto your house or go rent something. But there are other people, and I think we know where we're headed with this, that truly have what I would call a problem. Yeah, and that's called hoarders. Exactly. And I think that we're starting to see more and more hoarders than we ever have before. Now, you've seen the TV shows with the hoarders and all of that, and some of these people just live in just horrible conditions. Oh, my gosh, yes. And the things that they hoard. Yeah. So when we talk about the things that they actually collect, there's an article that says that people living with hoarding disorder compulsively collect objects, animals, or trash to the extent that it impacts their relationships, health, and overall well-being. I mean, you've seen people that, when you've watched some of those shows, that they just collect trash. Yeah. They go to a fast food restaurant they come home and they can't part with the the containers i mean it's just it's for you and i it's just almost hard to fathom i mean why somebody would want to do that but when it talks about well who struggles with hoarding behavior it says while hoarding personality traits and demographics vary widely people who live with hoarding disorders often share a set of characteristics, and here they are. It says, on average, individuals who exhibit hoarding behavior, they live alone, 
are three times more likely to be obese than the average person or perfectionist have at least one family member who is also a hoarder. So they work together kind of. Well, I just find that so it's almost like it's a family history of it. Yeah. Where you've had a family member who started out this way, and then the chances are you may be that way as well. And I thought that you said that you remember this early as a child with your grandmother. My grandmother had the problem. She ran a flea market, and that's how she made a living. But when she come home, it started out with a little junk here and a little there. And the next thing you know, it was a trail into her house. I mean, stacked to the, the roof. You, you just had that little trail through the front door all the way through the living room and then back to the kitchen. And it, it was horrible as a kid. And I thought, man, I couldn't live this way. Well, guess what? what? I think the statistics are right. It didn't happen to my parents immediately, but it happened later. They become hoarders. After I got married and moved out, it got so bad that we couldn't take our kids to see them anymore. You, you know, you couldn't go see your grandma and granddad because you'd get hurt. I mean, they got so much junk. I mean, when you say this, Scotty, kind of walk me through. I mean, when you are you just talking about they had stacks of stuff and they had sharp objects or it was just, you know, cans or things that they could cut themselves or they literally you could not maneuver in the house. You couldn't maneuver anymore. Now, it started out with a little bit of collecting, a little bit here, a little bit there. Then it got to where they'd get they'd get on. I don't know if you call the word binges to where it'd be a particular item that they went after whether it was clothes. It got to where they would buy clothes, never wear them, and just throw them down wherever they bought them. Uh, If they went to, say, Walmart and bought batteries, they'd buy a whole bag full of batteries, never open it, throw it down. And then it just got higher and higher. Then let's talk about food. You know, like uh, the milk crates? Yeah. It got to where in the kitchen it was stacked and all of that all the way to the ceiling there with extra food, like they were going to run out of food. It was never used. Then it got to where... Only one person could eat. Uh-uh. It was just room enough for one plate to sit down on the table. And if so you if, went over, you couldn't sit down. But if there's two of them, how did they eat together? They didn't. They it had was eaten one, shifts? Yeah. You did. One would eat, the other one would eat. I, I can remember her standing trying to wash dishes and standing like three feet away from the sink, leaning over trying to wash dishes because she couldn't get up to the counter because of all the bags of groceries and canned food that were bought and just put on the floor. And what happened when you, t- I know you had to have said oh, something was, to them. It was one fight after another. And sometimes they'd get mad at me and they wouldn't speak for, you know, weeks at the time. And, you know, of course that causes problems because you want to see your parents. But it, it was horrible. It got so bad. Their original home was 5,000 square feet. Every inch was filled. And I'm not telling, you know, like, I'm trying to paint you a picture of just how bad it was. You couldn't move in it. If you had to find something, there'd be no way. If you touch something, you run the risk of a whole wall of it falling on top of it. What happened if they had a fire or they needed uh, to get out? I don't think they could have. They would have died. It got so bad, they went and then bought another home and took nothing from the original house and bought another house and started refilling it with junk. Did they ever go back to the other house and say, you know what, we had a stack of stuff. I need to move over to this new house. No, absolutely nothing. Because uh, my father passed away six years ago, and the original one I hadn't even touched. I just finally, the second one, it took me a year 
and a half to get rid of everything that was in it. It was, it was horrendous. My wife wouldn't go with me and work. She told me that was my baby, and I had to figure out how to fix it. But now I remember you telling me about, and this was something totally unrelated that you and I were talking about, and I think that you and Angie even went as far as showing me, and that was if your mom was going to buy a ring on QVC, right? she would buy a hundred of them. Yeah. And y'all showed me just stacks and stacks of just rings that were in those little bags that you buy them in. And it was just of every color. It might have been silver. It may have been silver plated. could have been gold plated. could have been gold, whatever else. But she didn't buy one. She bought many. Right. And it's it's a disease. I I, I promise you, it's, it's like she had to have that. And she would buy one of every different color. Like if they come out with a new style ring, that's what she'd go after. But did she ever wear them? No. Did she ever give them away? No. So this is pile some, them up, save it. Well, Same thing. What was those those outfits that uh, the snuggies? Oh my gosh! I bet you there was fifty snuggies. But I mean, what would you guys get for Christmas? I mean, she had plenty of items to collect in the house just to give you for a Christmas present. Well, you know, and she never wrapped because she couldn't. She and here's the well, thing: she probably about, couldn't find the wrapping paper. Well, that was the thing. She'd buy a Christmas present for you, and then she'd lose it and couldn't find it at Christmas. And so when it come time to give gifts, she don't know where she put it. And it, it was just a, an ordeal that you cannot imagine. And to meet her, you'd never know that. But it started with her mother, and then it was moved on to her. Now, it's had the exact opposite. Now, I got my junk piles, but I, I use my junk of, of my tools and, you know, stuff like that. I got some shirts that are probably 10 years old, but I still wear them. Well, that's I'm, a difference, and you're still using that item. But I'm not going to stockpile stuff. It, it makes me want to chunk it. Well, it says, here's some types of hoarding. It says, while there are many types of hoarding, the most easily recognized form of hoarding is the hoarding of possessions. There are a wide variety of things that people hoard, including paper, and paper they're talking about, mail, newspapers, magazines, etc., books, photographs, clothing, containers, and food. So out of those... All the above. They did all of that. Every bit of that. This says, others compulsively collect animals like cats and dogs. And that's terrible. Have you ever seen people where you call them the cat lady and then you go into a home and find out they've got 50 cats? Yeah, yeah. And And some of them are dead. Yeah. Well, here's an example of we had a neighbor that uh, passed away. And the family came in, and they didn't need any of the stuff she had. So they donated everything to some charity place. Well, they couldn't, in their mind, bear the thought of someone getting her stuff that didn't know her. So they go down there and bought the entire house of stuff that was given away. Your parents did? Yes, and brought it back and put it in the garage. Because it was, what do you call that? I mean, couches, everything that was in the house that they donated, they bought every stick of it. Of their neighbors? Yes, because they'd known her forever. And so this was put in the new house? or uh, the, the, the other place. And I guess at what age did you realize, okay, they've got a problem? I about, mean, was this? About 22. 22 years old? Yeah, I got age. married at 21. And, and it, you know, it was after I left that I started noticing things. But that you never grew up now, in that environment? No, growing up, everything was neat. And like everybody else, we had a housekeeper during that time. And, you know, everything was always neat, everything. And then after we got older is where it came in. And I don't know if the statistics will show that this happens. The older you get, you're okay when you're young, and then it clicks one day maybe when you're older. 
you know, you do bring up a, a fascinating point. I don't know how many young people you see that have hoarding disorders. It does seem to be with your older population. Yeah. You know, and it kind of makes you wonder, if they've lived a normal life, what triggers in their brain to make them all of a sudden think, I can't part with that? And, I mean, it's stuff that you just you scratch your head. Okay, your mom and dad ordering all of the clothes and never using them or the food. That is odd in itself. But this deal about just... It's pure de trash. It's throwable, disposable stuff. People that, can't part with this. It's, it's a disorder. And that, so your parents did that as well? Not so much, but they would let, like, the canned food they bought, it would go out of date. But she wasn't going to separate. She wasn't going through it. But at least that's not open. I mean, like, you, you'll will, see people on TV where it's just. But that will rust over time. After something sits so long, canned food will rust. And, and it I will run up seep out. And, yes. And if it's not cleaned. Now, here's the first step that you start noticing things. Have you ever been in, uh, going into the grocery store and you pass a car that's just inside of it's filthy? You know, growing up, my dad was a car fanatic. Uh, a fly wouldn't land on one of his cars. Uh, just neat as a pin. No dust, no nothing. Then it got to where you couldn't ride with them anywhere. There was no room. Like, if you were to have a flat and they come along, they couldn't have put you in the car because there's nowhere to sit. <laughs> if they bought groceries. But what did they have in the car? Junk, just like in the house. Stuff they had bought and never taken in the home. Uh, you could There was nowhere to put groceries. But didn't you tell me that your dad, even, I mean, this even bled over into the amount of cars that he had to have. Oh, yeah, he had, he had 14 cars. For two people. Yeah. And, and they were all running. Yeah, absolutely. He just, he collected them. He, he couldn't, and after he got it, and the older he got, he couldn't sell them. It just whatever the connection was to the car, he was going to keep it. But also, you did when you talked about the fact that he had so much stuff in his car. I have actually seen where you work with somebody, let's say, right, and you go in their office. Have you ever seen somebody that like? I mean, there's stuff stacked a mile high. Oh yeah, on their desk, on the floor. But if you ask them for something, they know exactly where it is. It's just amazing that they yeah. can put their hand on something. And then, you know, you go to me, and I've got a clean desk, and it may take me a minute to go pull a, fu- a file cabinet out, look for that file folder, and produce that document. But they can precisely say it's in this stack about this high up, and it's amazing. But then you go look in their car, and their car is the same way. Yeah. And you also say that if their car is that way, their office is that way, their... Their home is that way. Yeah. I mean, that's just... And that they're probably the same one that just makes an excuse for you not to come in their house because they know it's going to be like that and they're going to be discovered so to speak and then you know after my dad passed away you know i just i had to take charge because she fell and got hurt and you know has never gotten over it so at some point uh, you know i built her a home next to me now and i just have to go over and throw things away that aren't any good so what is what is she collecting over there i mean i know that i've seen what was it like cleaning supplies? Yeah, cleaning and supplies like toilet uh, paper. I mean, y'all had enough toilet paper to, oh to last the whole pandemic, and I'm talking about for the whole community. I gave away what you see now is just probably a third of what she used to have. Just every time she'd go, she'd buy six rolls. And I mean, I have to say, she has got a cute little setup. You don't think that she has a hoarding problem whatsoever, because I, I guess you guys do a really good job of. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring all that junk. Period. I brought what you need. I mean, do you have to control her credit cards and that sort of thing, too? Yeah, I took those away. Well, I know that there is a family that lives in another state 
where I read they're well-to-do. Right. They live in a big house, and it's a nice neighborhood. One of the family members of the home has the same thing that you're talking about, where they are ordering stuff off a of QVC or, you know, Home Shopping Network or wherever, and it's gotten so bad that this house is packed. And on the outskirts of when you look at, when you read about it and then you see the pictures, that this house is a very nice house. But they say that you can't even go in it. It's just completely packed with boxes. And it's to the point where when UPS, FedEx makes a delivery, they drop the boxes on the outside. And, and guess what it's exposed to? Yeah. Is the weather. And that... The neighbors are starting to complain because it's impacting their neighborhood. They live in a very nice neighborhood, and it's an eyesore. All you can see are boxes stacked everywhere. And guess what comes with that when people get word that there's just merchandise sitting outside of this home? Thieves. Exactly. And they don't want these type of people in their neighborhood because then they're bringing in bad people and they're now exposed to these types of people that are coming by to get, you know, yeah. take advantage of all of these boxes. It's like the, what was the, let's make a deal. Do you want door one, two, yeah. or three? I mean, so they pick up as many boxes as they can, haul them off with the hopes that they've gotten a good payload with that because you never know what's in them. You know, if you've ever watched any of those shows where they, you know, they they bring the psychiatrist in and they sit down with the person and they just, they'll fight you over it, of prying it out of their hands to throw it away. That is truly the way this disease works. And you go back and, you know, and I, I, I guess I have to reason with this on my parents of where this come from. They grew up during the, the Great Depression and didn't have anything. And the best I can tell that had some type of psychological click in their lives to where they went without for so long that when they got older, they weren't going to do without and they weren't going to get shed of anything as the old Southern term goes. And there are a lot of people that are that way, but it sounds like it just kind of went to a whole different level. Oh, it did. And, and I'm looking at right now that says that there are different types of hoarding levels. Here's level one. And you tell me if you think this is your parents or we need to move on to another level. It says the first level of hoarding is the least severe. The residents of a level one hoarder may include light amounts of clutter and no noticeable odors. All doors and stairways are accessible. No more than three areas with animal waste throughout the house. So keep going. Yeah. Okay, so we're not. We're, we think we're at level two. Well, let's see what level okay, two level is. Level two is light pet odor, pet waste on the floor, at least three incidents of feces in a litter box minimal fish, bird, or reptile care, evidence of household rodents, overflowing garbage cans, dirty food preparation surfaces. Now, theirs wasn't like that because neither one of them liked animals, so they didn't have pets of any sort. It was just junk. Okay, here's level three that says at least one unusable bath or, ba or bedroom, small amounts of hazardous substances or spills on the floors, excessive dust, dirty clothes, towel sheets, Blocked electrical outlets, overflowing garbage cans, odors throughout the house. Level four, aged canned goods. This is where I think we're at. No clean dishes or utensils. See, this is a different type. This is like they're not even clean. What you're describing is they're clean. It's just that there's nowhere to even move. No, you couldn't. I don't even know where that. 
I don't know where theirs fell into it, but, you know, just picture a trail, you know, like when you go to unlock the door to go in, the door wouldn't swing all the way open because something was behind it. You know, there was a room that she could no longer get in because stuff had fell against the door, and I still ain't went in. We'll have to kick the door in or take a saw and cut it down to get in it because you can't get to the hinges to take them off. It's on the other side. That is unreal. So when do you think you're going to tackle this guy? I've done one. I'm not ready for the other yet. I mean, it's a... it's mental anguish. Well, but I know, but it sounds like that there could be some valuables in there oh, that yeah. you could sell yeah, and salvage. Absolutely. So it says, to what extent do your hoarding, saving, acquisition, and clutter affect your daily functioning? And it sounds like it says mental health professionals may ask permission to speak with friends and family to help make a diagnosis or use questionnaires to help access level of functioning and we know that there are people all over the u.s and in other countries that have major major problems with hoarding i remember one of the biggest arguments we had was about the jelly the jelly now i know it doesn't sound like jelly would start a family argument with you but it can i remember going over to my mom's and I, i knew i had to get rid of some stuff so in the laundry room on her shelf where she kept a lot of canned foods and things. There was all this jelly, 40, 50 jars of jelly, somewhere along in there. Every bit of it had been out of date six to seven years. That's a long time. I wouldn't eat that. But it wasn't about eating it. It was hers. She didn't want to get rid of it. So I commenced to chunking it in a garbage can. And I'm dragging it outside, and the sack bust, and three or four bottles of it rolled out. Well, she grabbed it and took off running. And I had to literally take it out of her hand. It was rough. It was horrible. And you know that's sad because that tells you right there something has switched in their brain. And they can't help it. So, Scotty, you've got a 4,000 square foot storage. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say storage unit because that's not what it is. It is a fine, fine shop that most guys would drool over. But. There are those that turn those into the greatest junk pile ever. And if you've ever watched that show on TV, what's them two that drive around and climb? Oh, the, yeah, the uh, American, uh, I don't pickers, know. Pickers, pickers. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, people eat that up. I'm just not that guy. But you do know you have a family history of it, yeah, don't you? Yeah, and you have to have a tendency to have somebody watch after you if you've got that in your family. <laughs> I think we need to have a talk with Angie. She may need to keep an eye on you. As we come to the conclusion of this week's episode about hoarders, I wish I could tell you there's an answer, some advice that I could pass along that, well, might cure it. But there's not. It is definitely a disease, and people just do not want to give up their stuff. And really and truly, you may need to seek medical advice, because it gets vicious when you try to throw something away. Trust me. But I will say this, I think there's a little hoarder in everybody. And I know you're thinking, well, I'm not. Well, let them predict snow in Alabama and see what happens. It's going to be a fight on aisle three. And yeah, while we're in it, let's talk about the folks that hoarded sanitizer. And not to mention the folks that's got enough toilet paper to roll yards for the next 68 years. Have a great week, and Terry and I will be back next week with an all-new exciting episode. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? 
If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, would you know a secret? Well, now you know hoarding runs in the family. <music>